sports talk that's so legit, it smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. He peaked athletically in the seventh grade. Do you know what a hero you are to me? I presume you're referring to my four touchdowns in one game. It's the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN Lafayette. The best Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports, 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM, streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. If you're listening to us via the stream, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Joining us now, the head football coach of Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, owners of the longest winning streak in Division I college football, but... That was last season, and while that streak is a uh, thing they want to continue, the eyes are set on next season. They are currently in spring practice right now. Spring game is April 9th. Head coach Michael Desimo joins us right now. Good morning, coach. How are you today? I'm doing great, Scott. Good morning, man. Thank you for having me on. Yep, always enjoy our conversations. You guys had your um, your first padded practice yesterday afternoon. Uh, I know the you know I know the weather was great, but uh, how was the football? How'd it go? Well, it was our first full padded practice. There We've been go. shells uh, a couple of days before that, but um, it was good. Um, you know, the energy is really good. Um, the effort is, is always there with this group. Um, you know, I, I think defensively they had a really good day. They've had, they put together two really good days in a row on Saturday. And then again, on Wednesday, um, you know, offensively, um, we're kind of up and down a little bit right now, which, um, you know, lost, we, we lost some good ones on the offensive line. And then we got a bunch of guys that are out right now. So you have, uh, you got a lot of young guys that are getting reps, which in the long run is going to be good. And, um, you know, they're going to make mistakes that, that young guys make, and that's going to happen. But, um, you know, as far as for, for practice, you know, really pleased with where we're at. Um, obviously, there's a long way to go to get where we want to be, but uh, you know that's why that's why we we do that's why we do what we do. You know that's why you get 15 practices in the spring and all season and the whole deal. Well, you knew you'd be short on numbers on the old line in the spring and in, in certain aspects of the offense. When when you're a little short and you say, look, the defense is looking good, the offense in the long run, these reps are good for the young guys. But is it difficult as a coach to gauge? the other side of the ball, the defense, when the offense just, it's not, it's not as if they're, you know, bad per se. They're just not, they just don't have the, you don't have the full deck of cards, right? Like how, how much do you gauge? Okay. The defense is looking really good. Offense we're improving, but we got work to do, but you also don't have the full deck of cards. So how much emphasis do you put on the, uh, the result defensively? Well, I think you put the emphasis on, on the techniques and the and the fundamentals that you're asking them to do, you know, and um, as long as they're doing it, doing it the way that you ask, and you feel like you'll have success regardless of who lines up in front of them, you know. Obviously, you know, football is a game where it's, you know, there's a saying it's not always about the X's and O's. Sometimes it's about the Jimmys and Joes. You know, they're 
the guy across from you absolutely matters, um, you know, and who you're playing. But I think it's about getting to do it the way we want them to do it. And, uh, you know, I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, offensively, it's, it's, it's certainly not like, you know, we've got some good players out there. It's just not as many as you used to have and as many as you want to have. So, um, you know, our defense, it's not like they're going, you know, they're not going against barrels. You know, they're going against some guys that can, that are going to be good, I think, in the long run. Um, but, you know, the whole deal is it's, you got to, you know, it's all about the greater good. You know, you're better off going out there running with as many different groups, you know, twos and threes, as many groups as you can do because, um, for the team in the long run, it's it's a much better situation for those guys to get reps, um, you know, regardless of who's against or in what setting it's in. Um, getting those reps is something that we feel like in the long run for us over the past four years has been huge. Um, it's been instrumental in the development of some of these young guys, and that's why we knew and we felt like they were ready to play because we've, shoot, we've seen it, you know. Uh, talking about reps, uh, tight end Johnny Lumpkin, his jaw gets a lot of reps. Does it ever get sore from all his talking? I don't think so. Johnny, uh, he, he can spit it out pretty good. Uh, yeah, he, he uh, it's kind of funny. Um, so he says he's, he's from the, the temp in Atlanta, which is a neighborhood in Atlanta. And uh, so I tell people all the time, if you don't know how to speak temp, you're going to have a hard time with them. So I had to I had to learn the language a long time ago. So uh, some people, they, they struggle to put it together. But but he and I spent enough time together, you know, fortunately, that uh, that I've kind of figured it out a little bit. One of my favorite interviews on the team, I've, I've enjoyed talking to him over the years. And, you know, I know he's one of your uh, seniors that's been there for a while. Uh, you usually have an idea going into the spring, Coach, of – who I guess some of your leaders are going to be. And, you know, I don't want him Zion Hill, but he's, he's out right now, right? Nursing an injury. And that was not, that was expected. That wasn't anything new, but like, are there any young men that are perhaps stepping up in that leadership role that you didn't see coming or, or, or not that it surprises you, but they weren't one of those guys you kind of already had circled like, okay, he's going to be one of these guys for us. You know, I think, you know, I, I have a, you know, a philosophy, and I've always believed this, and I've always said this, you're never too young to lead. Um, and I don't think it matters what age group you're in, what class you're in. Like, guys that are born leaders are just born leaders. Um, and you can see it early on. Some have to develop it a little bit and get comfortable in that role. Um, you know, but we, the good thing over here is that, you know, first of all, we have a lot of kids that are really that are self-motivated. Um, that want to do things right because it's the right thing to do and because we ask them to do it. Um, and then on top of that, you know, what's happened over here over time is, you know, there's been a standard that's been set and they've seen the, the byproduct of it, the success, right, and things that have come from it. So it helps, I think, when you're trying to develop a chemistry on the team and a culture on the team because, you know, they've seen the success, they've seen the work that goes in to, you know, lead to the success. So, you know, I mean, we've got a pretty it, – it's kind of a funny group, you know, because you've, uh, you've got a really veteran group that's played a long time. You talk about Johnny Lumpkin. You talked about Johnny uh, – about Zion Hill. I mean, uh, shoot, you go down the list, you know, Andre uh, Andre Jones, shoot, Chris Moncrief, uh, Eric Gare, uh, Braylon Tronghong. You know, you go down the list with all these guys that have been here for, for four and five uh, years, and some of them, you know, going on six. And it's uh, – it's kind of those guys have had to step up the leadership role because, you know, people don't, 
you know, when you really look at it, the guys that we've lost, you know, through graduation or whatever, um, those guys have been here a long time too. And so they had been in leadership roles. So now even though some of these guys are older, it's really some of them, it's their first chance to step in and take ownership of this team and take over. So, you know, we do have a leadership council um, where we've got, you know, 16 guys on it that, uh, that, that are good leaders and good examples of what it's supposed to look like on our team. Um, but you've got a bunch of kids right now that are, I mean, shoot, you don't have to be on the leadership council to be out there and lead, and that's what we want is a bunch of people that they, they want to lead by example and they want to lead from the front and show everybody what it looks like. Coach Michael Desimo, our guest, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports, Louisiana Raging Cajun football. Two weeks from this Saturday, have the spring game. That is April 9th, 11 a.m. at Cajun Field. Uh, they're doing some work between now and then, though, and that's what coaches here are talking about uh, with us. Coach, from a um, team health standpoint, you know, we I, I kind of addressed this yesterday, but I want to ask you for maybe some of our audience that didn't hear it. You knew heading into the spring, guys, that would be out any any new new issues, or have you guys to this point at least kind of avoided that injury bug uh, so far in, uh, in in spring camp? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, we, we've been pretty fortunate. Um, you know, Hunter Herring had an injury that was kind of um, it, it it was really from last season, but it was something that we didn't we didn't foresee happening. You know, it kind of we thought it was just a rest thing, and then when he got back into the off-season program, it hadn't gotten better, so we had to have that repaired. So that was a that was a surprise. But, I mean, you know, that, that happens from time to time, right? Um, you know, yesterday, uh, Landon Burton uh, came out of practice with a uh, – it looked like a foot injury, so we don't know the extent of it yet. We're certainly hoping that it's nothing serious because Landon is a guy that's really – you know, he's out there having a great spring, I mean, a really good spring. He's got a chance to compete for a starting – you know, the starting center job. So – um, hopefully that's that's not very serious. Um, and like I said, Nathan Thomas, who's had a, a phenomenal off season and, and first you know three four days of spring, he's been out the last few days um, with it's it's more like a tendonitis type of thing. So it's not a it's nothing that's real critical or real serious, but it is something that you know he's going to have to take some rest. Um, so he'll be out for a little bit. Hopefully not too too long. Um, and then AJ Washington. Um, he's got a, uh, you know, a minor lower body injury that, you know, right. It doesn't look like it'll require surgery, just some rehab and some time. So, you know, you got a few of those guys that are out and, uh, it's part of the game, right. You know, everybody kind of knows it. Um, again, the ones that you just kind of concern that I don't want to say concern you, but the ones that really for us as a team that are hard to, for us to, uh, to really survive are the O line injuries, just because, you know, we had four potential starters out going in the spring, which we knew about, and it's like, well, you know, okay, we can we can still make it work there, but everyone you lose in that spot gets uh, makes it harder and harder to uh, to be able to practice the way you need to and want to for the whole team. So, you know, been pretty fortunate, but as always, you know, every injury does kind of does count. They do all add up, and you know, certainly you hate to see your kids have to go through that. Yeah, certainly. Um... Wishing Landon well, and you know his younger brother hosts a show on this station. Works for us, Lynn. And you mentioned the O line. You also mentioned Hunter Herring. Um, from a quarterback standpoint, coach, I asked you yesterday about the the depth chart at quarterback, and um, you kind of explained that you have Chandler Fields, Ben Walrich. They're maybe ahead of some of the other guys, but the biggest reason why is simply because they've been in the system longer. You being a former quarterback, you being the play caller. 
Um, I, I imagine you, you're looking over the whole team, but just your history of that position uh, and your role as the head coach, do you look at quarterbacks maybe with um, a different eye in that, you know, if it's, uh, how do I explain this? Like if you're talking about linebackers, you know, are you perhaps picking the brand of your linebackers coach more than you would quarterbacks? And I know you're you're talking to Coach Lazy and everybody in terms of the QBs, but I guess do you look at it with a – the simple way to ask it is just is it a little bit of a different eye from you when you're looking at the depth chart and analyzing and coaching the QBs compared to some other positions on the team? Well, sure. I mean, you know, obviously I'm, I'm in there with them every day, and, um, you know, and I feel really comfortable – coaching that position obviously um you know having played having coached in the past um you know i think you always lean a little bit more on other people even if you know the position um if it's one that you don't coach and you're not with them every day um you know really coach Vitor is the one that said to me you know with the quarterbacks you know that i'm leaning on the most um just because everybody else i mean shoot you know george is coaching the tight ends tim's coaching receivers um, so, you know, Coach Vietor has really helped me um, kind of organize some of the things that we wanted to do. And, and uh, the day-to-day, you know, he's always kind of watching, evaluating everything. So, um, obviously, as, as long and as well as he's done it, I, I certainly uh, trust and value his opinion. Um, but, you know, I mean, like I've said before, you know, and I know everybody, you know, everybody wants to talk about the quarterback battle, and that's, you know, everybody, you know, everybody loves that, right? But, it's not for us. It's not like a competition on our behalf to see how fast we can end it, how fast someone can win it. Um, it's not what it's about at all, right? It's about the long run, and that's why you know, yeah. Could we go out there and put out a depth chart right now? Well, I mean, sure, you know, but it doesn't really matter because in the end, we want to continue to develop all these guys and give them a chance to where they can make our team better. Um, and you, that's what you want is the best guy to run out there and help the team win. So. You know, sure, right now, obviously, you know, some guys are ahead of others and you got, you know, some guys know it better than others. And, you know, day to day, you know, everyone's got a good day, bad day, whatever. But, you know, you try to go through this spring and after 15 practices, really look at it, you know, just kind of step back and look at it and say, all right, well, who gives us the best chance to win, right? Who's the one that knows it the best? Who's the one that, you know, has the best physical attributes that help us win? Who's got the best intangibles, leadership skills, poise? Um, you know, confidence to help us go out there and win. And, you know, the good news is that we've got a lot of really good options in there. And, you know, people, that's what they want to talk about, right, quarterbacks. And it's like, well, you know, all I can tell you is whoever wins it, you know, we'll, we'll be in really good shape. We'll have someone really good pulling the trigger for us, and uh, they'll lead us and they'll do it the right way. How do you guard against um, them not, how do I put this, being too hard on themselves, at least in spring, you know, because you're going to, like you, you told us this yesterday, right? Mistakes are going to be made. Mm-hmm. How do you make sure the QBs feel like, okay, this, it's, I'm competing for this job, but it's, it's not just a, a single audition, right? I've got, I've got some time here and just not being overly critical on themselves, not being afraid to make a mistake, I guess, because you want them to be loose, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how do you, what's the, what's the message to them? I mean, how do you get, I mean, I know the message is you just tell them, but as a head coach, I imagine it's easier said than done, right? Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I I think the thing is just, it's the way that you handle mistakes, you know, Um, you know, 
you can, you know, if you crush somebody over every mistake they make, well, they're, they're certainly going to be terrified to make mistakes. Um, you know, I just, I just kind of take a different approach. You know, I mean, I just, I feel like you, you correct the mistake and you, you do it in a way where they understand. Well, that's not, that's not the way that we're going to operate in this offense. That's not the decision that we want to make. You know, this is a better decision. This is how we want to do it. And you move on. Um, you know, and I think that helps. And I think you don't become too, uh, too, you don't do too much of it on the field where you're, you know, that's where the emotions are always at, right? And the intensity and, and all that stuff. So on the field, you just kind of let things happen. You make some small corrections here and there and you just kind of do it in passing. But in film, when all the emotions out of it and you're just watching it, and you just kind of have a chance to talk through it. It's like, well, you know, what are you thinking here? And they'll tell you. And then that way, I like to ask what they're thinking because you get a better feel for why they made the decision, right? And then you can say, okay, well, that's where we kind of went wrong right here, right? You were thinking right, and then you did this, and then you can fix it. So you get to the to the foundation of where the mistake occurred and not necessarily just, all right, the ball went to the wrong spot. Well, why did it go there? What were you thinking? And that helps. Um, the biggest thing that I've told really the whole team is this, and, and this is, you know, just to kind of sum up, trying to make them not scared to make mistakes, is, Nobody's going to win a starting job in one day, and nobody's going to lose it in one day. It's it's a body of work that takes time, and it's it's a collective effort that you put in over time. So, you know, you go out there and have a bad day. Well, yeah, that sucks. You should be mad about it. You should come back tomorrow and want to be better. But it's not going to be fatal. You know, um, you have a great day, and you feel like you know you're you're. You're the next uh, Drew Brees out there. Well, that's great. Well, let's go stack up another one. You know, um, one day's not going to do it for you either. So, you know, that's really kind of – that's a big thing that we've talked about. And, and like I told you guys yesterday, you know, we've talked about it in, in our staff meetings is that, you know, these kids cannot be scared to fail. Uh, they can't feel like every mistake is going to be fatal. They have to feel like it's part of the process, and they have to know that they're going to get feedback and they're going to get correction and they're going to get those things because, um, you know, I, I saw our team last year where we went in to the beginning of the season to Texas and Nichols, and our kids were terrified to make a mistake. They were terrified not to live up to the expectations that, you know, we had made for ourselves. And, um, you know, when we finally kind of put all that stuff to bed and said, hey, look, you know, we can't go undefeated, we can't, you know, can't go 14-0, right, whatever. That's behind us. Let's just go play. Um, we started playing better, and I've always believed that this game, you, you got to play loose. You can't play scared to make mistakes. You're going to make them. You just got to move on after you do. Coach Michael Desimo, our guest. Uh, a few more for you, Coach. We appreciate you taking the time. This is the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette. Um, special teams. Percy Butler's not there anymore. He was a huge part of it. You got a, a great punter in Reese Burns. From a kicker standpoint, I know Almendares is uh, coming off of an injury, but um, I, you know, it's not. I, I guess I asked you yesterday about you know new special teams coach um, coach Luke Pascal, but in terms of the overall unit as a whole, how have they been in the spring? And um, you know, how do you how do you feel about them right now at this point? Are the specialists as a whole? Yeah, just overall. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel really good about it. Um, you know, the kickers, you know, you're watching three guys really competing for the place kicking spot. Um, and now we haven't had them do any kickoffs yet, you know, um, which I know, you know, I know Kenny's got a live leg. You know, I know Logan Klotz has a live leg. 
um, Evan Padilla, the new kicker. Um, I have not seen him kick off. You know, um, now as far as place kicking goes, these guys are really accurate. Um, they're competing really hard for it, and um, you know that that's obviously a good thing. You know, there's no doubt that that the field goal kicking last year at times handicapped us, and uh, you know now we did make some big kicks down the stretch in the bowl game and things like that. But I think having those guys in competition that are all very capable is good. Um, you know, at long snapper. You know, you lost a guy that had some experience, so you got two young guys that should be battling out uh, for that spot. Unfortunately, uh, Hunter had a weight room injury before spring started, so he can't really snap to the capacity that he'd like to really. You know, he's kind of out there mentally trying to get reps and and get himself caught up. But um, James Segrist is really taking all the reps right now at long snapper, which will be really good for James. Um, You know, he gets a chance to go out there and really put out on display what he can do. Um, and he's done a good job with that. And then, you know, you go to punters and, you know, Reese Burns, there's not a whole lot more to be said. You know, Reese is, is an absolute professional in the way that he does it. You know, he, he's locked in. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's taken to it really well. Um, and, you know, Thomas Leo is a guy that I think has got a tremendous amount of leg talent. Um, he's just been behind a really good player you know, in Reese. So Thomas gives you a viable backup option right there at punter too. So, um, you know, that specialist group has been good. Coach Pascal is going to do a great job with them. Um, I love his vision for what he wants to be on special teams. I think we're simple where you need to be simple. Um, I think there's a lot of variables that look complicated that other teams are going to have to prepare for. Um, but it makes it simple for our kids to go out there, go play fast, go be physical, and um, and really impact the game, which is what you're looking for, right? Coach Michael Desimo, great stuff. You've got the spring game, which is two weeks from Saturday, but you got a lot to do between now and then. You got a scrimmage coming up. What's your approach to a scrimmage, both as as a head coach now and as a play caller? I mean, I think the big thing for the scrimmage, I think, is we need to um, now talk to Coach Morgan. You know, we're only going to, you know. I really only have one scrimmage to call it live, which, you know, I've done it before, right? But it's still good to get that whole operation together, right, from the signal caller to the guy who has to signal it in to the players who have to process it to the players who have to communicate what the call is to everyone else and then adjust everything out. So there's a process involved in there where right now it's all scripted. So, you know, basically it's just on the script. So the signal just signals it in. So you miss kind of part of it. Um, you know, which, which is, which is good, you know, for us to get that. So that'll be a good thing for us to do the whole operation. Um, you know, I think, you know, whenever you're the head coach, obviously it's, it's the big picture, you know, I mean, the last six years I would go out there and really, you know, didn't really care how the defense looked. You know, I just wanted the, the offense to go out there and go have a good day because, you know, at the end of the day, that was kind of where my focus was, you know, um, now, you want to see both sides of the balls executing in the way that you want them to. You know, you want to see them um, communicating, eliminating mental errors by communicating, by getting lined up, being where we're supposed to be. Uh, and I think, you know, what you really want to see is you want to see guys go out there and compete for spots. Uh, you know, every opportunity, every snap that they get to take is an opportunity for them to show what they can do. Um, it's an opportunity for them to earn a starting position or, or shoot a role in some way, shape, or form on a team that, uh, you know, we've got really high expectations again going into next year. So um, I think you just want to see the competitive nature, the competitive spirit on both sides. You want to see good fundamental football because that's what we preach. That's what wins. 
Um, and you want to see really limited mistakes out there mentally. You want to see, you know, things that are all very correctable, um, you know, physical mistakes, maybe a wrong read here or there. You know, that's going to happen. But I'm just talking about the bus where, you know, it's, you look at it, you don't even know what play they're running because it's, you know, it's all over the place. So you try to eliminate those types of things and go out there and have a competitive day. Last question, Coach. You, you being the competitor that you are and, you know, spring ball is very different than football in the fall, obviously, for plenty of reasons. Does spring ball help scratch that itch a little bit? Or are you kind of constantly scratching that football itch year-round? Like, are, is that feeling you get as a head coach in the fall drastically different than the one you get day-to-day or the one you get in the spring when actually you're, you know, you're with the team? I think any time we get to be with the team, it feels it feels like so natural and easy. Um, you know, obviously this off season was uh, <laughs> between the bowl game and, and getting back to school and everything was was a uh, was a bit challenging on some different fronts. You know, uh, and you know that's that's part of the job too, right? That's part of the nature of it. Um, the football part, that's the part that's always been been easy. That's the part that's always felt right. So when you get out there, you know, I mean. If, if you watch our spring practice, you wouldn't know it's a spring practice any different than if it was a Tuesday and we're getting ready for App State, you know. Um, that's the intensity that we want. That's the effort that we want. And that's that's what we expect, um, truthfully. So, you know, I think for us, it's, yes, I think it scratches the itch. I think for us, it's, it's almost like, even for our kids, it's like a, 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 a relief whenever you get to go out there and go practice. I mean, that's just it's where we're comfortable, you know, in our element there. And so uh, it's been a lot of fun really to get out there to see the new, uh, you know, not that we have many new players on the team, but a couple new players to see the new coaches um, get out there. And it's, it's so funny, you know, everybody always asks about the changes and how much it's going to, like when you get out there, man, it just meshes together and it just feels really good and it just rolls. And, uh, you know, that part of it has been really fun just to get a glimpse at this team and kind of start to see their personality. Um, and, and you really get to see how this group responds to different things and different challenges. And you get to see who's leading, who's stepping up. And uh, it, it's been a whole lot of fun. All right, great stuff. And I lied. This is the last question, Coach, but it's not really a football question. I know with the uh, storms this week, Kids had off of school Tuesday, and uh, UL didn't have classes. They shut down. So you said you had a rare day at home. When you're just at home uh, and your and your family's there, and it's just kind of you, the wife, and the kids. What what is what is Dad Desermo like with the kids? Like what games do they like to play with Dad? Because they're still young enough. I imagine they like they like that Dad time. Yeah, sometimes you know my son's eleven, so he's starting to. Uh, he's almost. Yeah, you know, he might be at getting... that point now. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of getting to that point a little bit. Um, you know, the, what he likes to do whenever, you know, whenever he wants to mess with me at all, uh, he wants to go throw the ball in the yard, you know, go do something like that, um, you know, which is which is always a good time. And, you know, the little one, she's just starting to get into softball a little bit. So every now and then she'll ask to go hit the ball in the backyard. Um, so basically what I did the other day when we were home, I, I, I ended up cooking dinner for everybody. So I, uh, I, was, I was home long enough to get to, put some thought into preparing a dinner and cooking it. So we, we went with some fajitas on the grill and, uh, you know, that was kind of, that was my duty at home. So I Real watched duty. the kids. They had some, you know, had some friends over and stuff like that. And they were just kind of playing. So it was, uh, it was just good to be home and just, uh, 
you know, kind of spent a little bit of time there. Ben, it, there's something nice about when you're grilling because you get to you get to man the grill, you get to sit there, and you know the other stuff's kind of being prepared. Everyone's doing their thing. People will pop in and out, but I don't know. I, there's there's a relaxation to grilling, like as a, as a dad of three when they're running around, and I don't get to grill all that much. I, I wish I had more time, but when I do, yeah. man, talk about just kind of taking your mind off of things. Well, you got to be able to unplug sometimes, you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, at home, you know, you ask what, 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 what it's like being bad. I get just no different than it was, you know, the past 11 years since we had Thomas, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. It's, uh, it's always, it's humbling when you have family, whether it's the family you live at home with or, or your brothers and sisters, uh, you know, family is a good thing because it, it, uh, they'll humble you real quick. You start to think that you, uh, something you're not, they'll let you know about it. So that's always, that's always a good thing for me. Bring you right back down to earth. Coach Desimo, always appreciate our conversations, man. Uh, everybody, Rage Cajun Spring Scrimmage is two weeks from this Saturday, April 9th, Vermillion and White Spring Game, uh, sponsored by Dudley Dubois Injury Lawyers over at Cajun Field. Be there in um, this team riding a 13-game winning streak, the longest in Division One football. Thanks for taking the time, Coach. All the best, and uh, I'll let you get back to work, man. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you having me. You got it. That is great stuff. Coach Desimo giving us plenty of time and 